0: Hopefully you've never had that happen to you <laughs> on the highway, um, but th- we're starting a new series, Christmas series, this morning called Travel Light. Uh, today's topic is letting go of stuff, and it's really about letting go of all kinds of stuff in this series. We're going to talk about letting go of, of <clears throat> bitterness, resentment. We're going to talk about letting go of control, and um, so hopefully you'll join us through this series. I want to start with something, though, that kind of helps us understand about letting go of stuff, and that's this statement. That's a reminder to those of us who are Jesus-following. If you're not, a lot of today's teaching I think will be beneficial to you. But as Jesus follows, this world is not our home. We're just kind of passing through. It's kind of like when you go on vacation, you enjoy vacation, but it's good to get home. Well, our home is not here. It's going to be with Jesus. It's going to be a lot better than here, so... Enjoy your time here, spend your time here, uh, but this is not our home. So since this is not our home, <laughs> uh, everything we have is just temporary. And so that's help us get, a, get perspective. Well, this next statement on the screen and on your outline is going to be kind of where we want to go with this, this topic this morning. It's better to have less of what doesn't matter and more of what does matter. Because you have to figure out what matters. Now, this goes so contrary to our culture, doesn't it? Because our culture is materialistic, meaning it's about acquiring and keeping stuff. And the idea is your life will be better, you'll be happier, more fulfilled, have more purpose in life if you have more stuff, better stuff, bigger stuff, etc. The problem is that's not true. And most of us, we stop and think, we'll realize it's not true. This goes all the way back to the beginning. Uh, Scripture talks about, in the beginning, God created a man called Adam. And he said everything, God said everything he created was good except for Adam was alone. And so then he created Eve to be a helpmate. And they were, Scripture says they were naked, Uh, not just physically naked, but emotionally naked. There was no secrets. There was no sin It was wonderful, and they lived in this garden, and everything was provided for them. They could eat of any tree except for one. Satan comes along and says, ah, did God really say you couldn't eat from that tree? The implication is you would be happier if you could eat from that tree as well as all the other trees. Now, most of us know the story. They were not happier after eating from that other tree. So that's a kind of the lie that our culture teaches us. <clears throat> to be happy, you need more. You need stuff you don't have. You need more of the stuff that you do have. You need to hold on to the stuff you have. And again, that's a lie. So let me ask you a simple question. Is more always better? Is more always better? I think way back, my mom told us a story about when she was young and moved to Baltimore from upstate New York, she worked in a donut factory. And they said, You can eat all the donuts you want. After about a week, guess what? She didn't want to eat another donut. One donut is good, maybe two donuts are good. All the donuts you can eat just aren't good. I remember as a teenager, I, uh, I liked green apples, sour apples. And so I found this apple tree, and they weren't quite ripe yet, so they were sour. And so I sat in this tree and started eating green apples. First apple really was good. The second apple was really good. The third apple was really good. Eventually, guess what happened, though? I did, started not feeling too good. So, more is not always better. So, I want to start with a, something, a person that considered one of the wisest men that ever lived. The name was Solomon. He was a king of Israel. It's like 3,000 years ago he wrote this. And there's so much wisdom in, in what he wrote. So, we're going to get our our, our heading our headline uh, from this passage. This is Ecclesiastes chapter 4. Better. Okay, what's better? I like to know what's better. Better is one handful with tranquility than two handfuls with toil and chasing after the wind. Some is good. More is not always good. In fact, it may not be good. Uh, Why? Because we are valuable, not the stuff that we have. I mean, it has value. But ultimately, value is from us, not from our stuff. So I want to read read with or share with you something that Jesus said. And um, it's also interesting. This talks about being better. This talks about being cautious, being careful and what he what he's talking about? So this is in Luke chapter twelve, he said, said to the group of people who was there, watch out, be on your guard. Okay? Is there some enemy, something I need to be afraid of? Is there some disease? You know, be careful about COVID, whatever it might be. No, 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 no. This, what was he talking about? Be on your guard against all kinds of greed. Wow, that's kind of surprising. <laughs> And then he makes this statement, life does not consist in, all, in an abundance of possessions. And that's what a culture tries to teach us. makes us think. Advertisers say, no, 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 no. Life does not consist in an abundance of possessions. The fascinating thing is then Jesus tells this story. And I shared that story last week. It's called The Rich Fool. It's about this guy who's a prosperous farmer. His barns aren't big enough for all his crops. And so he says, ah, i got a great idea. I'm going to tear them down and build bigger barns so I can have two handfuls of stuff. And the reason he's called a fool is because that night he died. He never got to build those barns. And he never got to share uh, his surplus. But, of course, all of it was taken from him. So something you and I need to remember is this. You and I are not what we have. We are not what we drive, we're not the houses we live in, we're not the clothes that we wear. That's not where we get our value from. And so, stuff isn't what we need to be happy, or more stuff, or bigger stuff, or more extensive stuff. is not what you and I need to be happy. In fact, let me ask you this question. What if the stuff you and I have is robbing us of the life that we want? the fulfillment that we want, the joy that we want. Because one thing about possessions is this. Possessions possess you. Um, I have two houses. Think one house is good, two houses are better? (laughs) You know what two houses are? It's just double the work, the upkeep, etc. God has blessed us with two houses. We do ministry out of that other house. But... um, does it rob you the life you want, the life of fulfillment? Now, we are allowed to do ministry, which is a blessing to us out of that other house. But is it robbing you of the life you really want, Fulfilling and pur- f- fulfillment and purpose? Because, again, possessions possess you. They take up your time, your energy, your finances. Is that really what you want Or where you want that, all those resources to go? So i want to give you three aspects of what I'm, what I'm calling one handful living. All right, first thing is this, for one handful living, we've got to throw out. Now, folks, I don't know you all, but I know most of you, and it's ridiculous, absolutely ridiculous how much stuff you and I have, isn't it? Think about it. We have uh, so much stuff, more stuff than we can even keep track of, uh, more stuff than we need or can even use. <clears throat> so I like to think about it this way owning less is far better than organizing more. Because that's what you have to do with all your stuff, right? You have to find places for it, you have to organize it, you have to move it around, you have to store it, whatever it might be. It reminded me of the statement or this, um, it's like rearranging deck chairs on the Titanic. Alright, well, it would be better for this chair to be over here, this chair to be over here, but ultimately what? They're all going to be lost in the ocean. So Jesus is Is approached by a guy that asks him, how can I have eternal life? How can I be really eternally happy? How can I be perfect even? And so Jesus said, well, just keep the commandments. And the guy says, "Uh, I do that. I don't commit adultery. I don't lie. I don't steal. I haven't murdered anybody. And the fascinating thing in the story is Jesus doesn't say, oh, you're not telling the truth because ultimately he wasn't telling the truth. So Jesus says, okay, all right. Let's assume you're keeping all the Ten Commandments, all the laws. So, we'll pick up the story in, in Matthew. So Jesus says to this guy, if you want to be perfect, if you want to have eternal life, go and sell all your possessions, give the money to the poor, and you'll have treasures in heaven. So, I'm thinking, okay. He asked the question. Jesus gave him the answer. He should be delighted, right? I know, I know how to do this. I know what to do. What's... What's happened? He said, then you can come follow me. Uh, But he couldn't follow him. Why? Because he couldn't do that. And the young man heard this. He went away sad, for he had many possessions. So his possessions possessed him. He couldn't give it away. And so consequently, he couldn't receive eternal life. Now, Jesus didn't tell us anybody else. And like I said, we all have lots of stuff, and stuff is not bad. In fact, think of it as God, ways God's God has blessed you, right? So, uh, it's just what we do or how do we feel about or how do we uh, manage those things that God has given us. <clears throat> now, this next statement is something that was kind of uh, disturbed me a little bit in my spirit when I came across it. And I think it's a really good question or statement. You never know what idols you have until Jesus asks you to give them up. So, what do you have that you ha- would have trouble giving up? If, God, if you really knew God wanted to give... Um, I got thinking, uh, there's not much that I have. Now, stuff that it was expensive, I had a hard time giving away, like maybe my wife's car, um, because it's worth, uh, worth more money than my car. Uh, but what idols... If you can't give it up, if, if Jesus wanted you to give it up, then it's an idol, right? You're, it's more important to you than him. Um, I got to thinking about my uh, future daughter-in-law. She just got something very really expensive uh, a couple of weeks ago uh, from my son. And I'm thinking, all you ladies that have those little expensive things on your, on your fingers, if God really wanted you to give it up, would you give it up? And I'm mindful of this retired missionary that we knew. And um, he actually sold his wedding ring to give the money to the mission's offering. To him and his wife, the value that would come from that ring to tell people about Jesus was more important than having it on his his finger. I don't think God wants us to do that. Uh, The question is, if God wanted us to do that, is there something that we couldn't give up, then it's an idol. It's more important to us than God. So when we said, get rid of stuff, there shouldn't be any stuff that we can't get rid of. Now we're talking about stuff that we really either don't need or somebody else could benefit from. So I wanted to kind of, why do we hold so tightly to the stuff? Why is it so hard for us to get rid of stuff? Why do we accumulate so much stuff? I came up with two big reasons. There's lots of reasons, obviously. One is fear. Especially if you grew up poor, uh, it's easy for us to have the tendency to say, well, you know, I I might not have enough. I might need this. Uh, Part of it's being a good manager. Okay, God, this is something you gave me. It's of value. um, So I should hold on to it. Well, maybe, maybe not. But this fear gives us... The, uh, the only reason we have fear is because we have lack of trust or loss of faith in God. Now, God su- promise to supply our needs, and so if He tells me to give this away, it's something I don't need, or He's going to provide uh, uh, something greater. The other is sentiment. Somebody gives us something that might not have a lot of physical value, but it has a sentimental value. Um, and I came across this, this, uh, this statement. I thought it was really good. Um, Stuff that is a sentimental value, that also has value to others. Thank God for the value that it's given to you, and then bless somebody else with it. Have the blessing of blessing somebody else with it. <clears throat> uh, my wife's been, been telling me this for years. I don't know where she got this. But if you have something that you haven't used for a year, specifically clothing, you go through the four seasons of the year, and you haven't uh, used this clothing, then... You don't need it. Um, some of us have stuff that has gone out of style and come back into style. We've had it so long in our closet. Um, but, yeah, it takes up time and energy to store it, to go through it, whatever. So, what if? Another what if. What if what you have is distracting you from what matters? What really matters. So it's better to have less of what doesn't matter and more of what does matter. One one handful living. All right. Throw out or give it away. Uh, Secondly, buy less. Buy less. I know I'm a little late because we just had Black Friday. But there is, what's, what's Monday called? Cyber Monday, right? All right, so buy less. Uh, I came across this statistic. Uh, I'm not included in it, but some of you must be. 62% of people, shopping can be recreational, meaning, I don't feel so happy today. I'll go out and spend some money and make me happy. 62%. That's almost two-thirds of us. <laughs> this is uh, a recreational activity. Uh, Spending money should never be a recreational activity. So I I love what the psalmist said, give us good perspective on this. He said, give me an eagerness for what? For your laws, for your rules, your commandments, for your precepts, rather than for the love of money. Turn my eyes away from vanity. What's he mean by vanity? All those worldly, meaningless things that distract. Let This is a wonderful prayer. Let your priorities be mine. Ah, wow. I want to have God's priorities. And then he says, restore me, renew my energy in your ways. So we're not defined about the money we have, the stuff we have, uh, etc. As Jesus followers, anyway, we're defined by Jesus. I'm a child of God. Uh, I'm you know, for brothers and sisters, etc. So one way I, I like to think about this is th- this way: choose experiences over things. Choose experiences over things. I got thinking about my kids. I've got four kids; they're all grown now. And when they were <clears throat> were, were small, we bought them gifts, and I can't remember many of the gifts. I just remember those what uh, are those big wheel things that Mike and Josh and Micah had. Yeah, they wore out one, you know, Christmas Eve, I'm putting them together. I remember that. And uh, they wore them out, one set of them. And so the, I believe it was the second set, they were G.I. Joe ones. They really enjoyed those. But I don't remember most of the presents. I do remember the kids often like the boxes more than the gifts. They play with the boxes. But you know what I do, I do have memories of? Uh, we would have family time, and we rotated amongst the kids. So we got three boys and one girl. So it was always fun when Andrea got the pick because it was usually, let's play with dollies. And uh, so somehow Josh and Micah usually got uh, G.I. Joes involved in the doll playing or something like that. But I I had this vivid memory of playing uh, uh, Red Light, Green Light. You know that game? And so it would be the... Let's see, four kids and two adults. That's the six of us, (laughs) all right? I can remember staying at the door and red light, green light, turning around and and trying to catch the kids uh, moving. And we just had a blast uh, doing that. And, of course, going places and doing things, vacations. Uh, We went to uh, Orlando one time. Of course, that stuff costs money, I realize. But choose experiences over things. I think the same thing with my wife. I was thinking about, we just had her. 45th wedding anniversary, and I don't remember hardly any gifts we bought each other over the years. Now, I built this house, and I told her it was a love gift to her. Um, but I, I don't remember many of those gifts. But I do remember, especially on these big, we call them big anniversaries every five years. We didn't go anywhere this year, but uh, 40th, we went to south, south of France. i got all kinds of memories from that trip. Uh, one year, we went to... Um, uh, that's the island off of Portugal. <laughs> it's Portuguese. Can't think of the name. Uh, they name wine after it. There's a lot of wine there. Um, but anyway, that was one, uh, one trip. We went to Israel a couple of years ago. Those are the things that bring value to life, not, you know, stuff. <clears throat> so those are the things to remember. So choose experiences over things. It's better to have less of what doesn't matter and more about what does. One handful living one other thing one handful of living involves giving more give more paul wrote to timothy some wise words he said teach these teach them some translations actually say command them he was a pastor command them who are rich in this world now, let me stop how many of you are rich everybody put your hand up i don't know everybody i know in this room should have their hand up I came across this this statistic this week. If you have three meals a day, you drive a car, you have money in the bank, and I don't know why this fourth one, but you can order pizza. You are in the top 5% of the world's population. So 95% of the world would say you're rich. Now, I know, we don't think of ourselves as rich, but we ought to. Teach those who are rich in this world not to be proud and not to trust in their money. Now, you don't have to be rich to trust in your money. Money's unreliable. Their trust should be in God who richly gives us all we need. So richly gives us, so we have more than we need, right? Gives us all, and you should enjoy it. Again, don't feel guilty about the stuff you have. and Enjoy it, as uh, long as you're using it the way God wants you to. Then the text goes on. Tell them or command them, again, to use their money to do what? To do good. Not to accumulate much of stuff, to do good. They should be rich in good works and generous to those in need. Uh, We're trying to provide a nice Christmas for six families. Generous to those in need, that that have the need. Always being ready to share with others. Always be ready to share with others. And then he finishes up this way. By doing this, (laughs) sharing with others, they, us, will be storing up treasures as a good foundation for the future so that they may experience true life. That's true life. That's true living, sharing with others. So it's better to have less of what doesn't matter and more of what does. That's one handful of living, and one description of it. got to thinking about something I said last week. There are really not much emotional stories about getting stuff, are buying stuff for ourselves. Um, even our house. I mean, I built it and we enjoy it. But it's not real emotional when I think about it. But the giving stories, when we be able to help somebody, it doesn't have to be a big thing like a house, just helping somebody or sharing with somebody or providing a need when somebody had a need, that is emotional, That is what life's about. That brings meaning and purpose and satisfaction. So it made me think about uh, something that, um, actually a martyred missionary, a martyred international missionary. His um, name was Jim Elliott. Him and a couple of his colleagues were killed as missionaries. His tribe killed him. And they're trying to share Jesus with them. The fascinating thing is he didn't know he was going to die on the mission field that he was gonna be killed. But he makes this statement. <clears throat> he is no fool. We talked about that fool, farmer that was a fool. But he is no, or we are no fools, who give what we cannot keep. Can you keep any of the stuff you got? Can't take any of it with you, right? To give what you cannot keep, to gain that which you cannot lose. And of course, that's an eternal per, inner, uh, personal relationship with Almighty God through Jesus Christ. So we're going to talk about traveling light. And one way to travel light is not to hold on to all your stuff. So why is one handful living better? Why is it better? Well, it brings more purpose and meaning to your life, and consequently it can also bring more blessings to others. So never let the stuff you have keep you from living the life you want. What is the life that you want? Not to be possessed by possessions, I don't think. You want to have true meaningful life. You want to have eternal life. Again, this is not our home. So here's my take home for you folks. It's up to think about. Which area do you need to work on the most? I don't spend much money so that was not one I need to focus on. Um, I, talk about, I didn't talk about all the books I'm trying to deal with. Uh, I've been a collector of books. I'll collect some things. And uh, we moved out of our old house into our new house uh, 13 plus years ago. The old house had lots of bookshelves. The new house doesn't have bookshelves. So I boxed up a bunch of books. I probably have between 1,000 a, a and 2,000 books in my possession. And so, I boxed all these books up. Anyway, they've been sitting either on shelves or in boxes at the care home or other house for the last 13 plus years. Didn't read any of them, didn't open any of them, shared a few of them with other people that they could read. And so, I made, just a couple months ago I decided I need to deal with these books. So I bought these, it took me a couple trips to bring all these books from the old house to our new house and they're in our garage, and my task now is to go through them, 90% of them will be given away. I've gotten through three boxes. I still got (laughs) 20 20 boxes to go through. So uh, I'm not going to throw them away. I'm going to give them away. Uh, But that's what's something I'm personally working on. So what do you need to work on? Pray about it. Ask God what you need to do. Let me pray with you. Father God, thank you. Uh, We're all greatly blessed. We're all rich. Um, But all the stuff we have is to use for your purposes. Uh, Obviously, we get to enjoy them. I have a nice house. I have a nice car. I have plenty of food to eat and other things. Um, But God, uh, just one hand. I don't need to hold on so tightly to all this stuff. The other hand should be open, open to give, open to bless others which also blesses me and blesses us. So, God, I just pray we'll take this seriously, that this Christmas will be a little lighter uh, as we're not so bogged down by uh, stuff. And we think we have the opportunity to share with, share with others. And, of course, true meaning or true purpose of life is to have a relationship with you, God, through Jesus. And I pray for anyone that may not be connected with you uh, for whatever reason, that they would understand that that's true meaning in life. This, this physical stuff is, is going to pass away. That will last. We thank you that you sent Jesus, offered that gift of salvation to all of us. We thank you that we can be perfect in your sight. That's the only way we can get into heaven because of what Jesus has done for us. And we pray that you would make that decision <clears throat> accept that gift. Uh, Thank you for blessing us so much. I pray that we all travel a little lighter this Christmas season. And we thank you in Jesus' name. Amen.